Hello and welcome to How We Made That App. I'm your host, Madhukar Kumar. After starting my career as a developer and then as a product manager, I am now the Chief Marketing Officer at Single Store. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Stan Gerard, Head of Gen AI at Theodo. Stan is all about AI. In addition to his role at Theodo, he's also the creator of Quiver, described as the second brain of generative AI, an open source project. Welcome, Stan. Thank you. Let's start with a question that I get asked quite a lot. Stan, how do you pronounce your name? My full name is uh, Stanislas. It's a bit long to say, so Stan will do. Perfect. That made me feel real good. As head of Gen AI, Stan, does your job involve talking to ChatGPT all day long? Almost. I mean, ChatGPT is probably uh, the best personal assistant you can get. You can ask any questions you want and it won't judge you. So if there's something you don't know, you just ask and it's going to answer. The, the single issue is it doesn't have all the information up to date. So like if you want to ask a question about something that is very recent, you, yeah, it's you're all alone and you have to read a book or something. I don't know. I use it as an emotional support. Do you use it for emotional support as well? Uh, it depends when there's a big bug on Quiver I can't fix. And this is a question that I ask everybody who uses ChatGPT extensively. Are you afraid of it? And do you talk to it politely? Do you say thank you or please? Or you just command? Yeah, I was one of the guys that used to say hello to ChatGPT. But the more you use it, the more you, you understand that it doesn't have any feelings. And it tells you, you know, as an AI, I don't have feelings. So, so yeah, I stopped. Now I'm just saying what I do. And you trust AI when it tells you something? How do you know it's not lying to you? That's a good question. I mean, it's... It's, it depends on the question. If you ask it a question and like, can you give me stats on something? I'm not going to trust it. I'm going to use the source that it gives me. For the rest, I tend to trust it. Stan, you're from France and you speak both French and English. So when you get mad at ChatGPT, do you yell at it in French or English? It depends on the question, but I don't get mad. But I tell it very briefly in English, what I want. So I just say, no, that's not it. Do it again like this. So let's get back to Quiver. You have a full-time job and you created Quiver as a second brain. Why do you need a second brain, Stan? Is that because your first brain is completely full? I don't like to remember things. I like to create things. And uh, so I needed a second brain to help me remember things. Also, uh, I'm not a big fan of reading big white pages, you know, with small text on it. So I created Quiver to allow me to put all the, the files and all the content into it. So I don't have to think about anything. So is that more like a database or do you use it for reasoning? For now, it's more a database, uh, but I plan on using it for reasoning. Uh, you know, asking it questions, having multiple what I call brains inside Quiver, and so I could ask one of, so I could have multiple brains, you know, <laughs> but uh, asking one of my brains that is specialized in one task 
for a question, asking a, another one for something else, and then combining the output of my two specialized brains. For now, it's just uh, asking it information. If we end up having multiple brains, are you afraid that we might end up getting multiple personality disorders? Uh, don't we already? So for those who don't know Quiver, let's, let me try and explain and then Stan, you can give us more information. Quiver is a generative AI application. And in all seriousness, I love the application. I downloaded it and I use it. You basically upload all your PDF, other personal documents, and it is open source, so you can run it locally. And then you can ask questions related to it using ChatGPT. And it could also be summarization. Is, is that a correct characterization? But tell us a little bit more about why you started it and where do you think is the vision for building this? The vision for Quiver, uh, so I built it to be uh, a second brain. I was a big fan of Obsidian, uh, a tool that allows you to dump all your files and all your thoughts. So your fleeting nodes, what, what you, people used to call it. And, uh, but it's kind of tiring to dump all of this information into a structured way and into a structured folder. So what I did is I created a way to dump all the information into one place so I don't care about the format. So this is Quiver. And um, the vision for Quiver is to allow people to forget things and focus on creativity. So we tend to forget a lot of things and we tend to invent a lot of things too. Because when you recall an information, it's not like we have you know, perfect memory. So the goal of Quiver is to allow people to just dump and f dump all the information and retrieve it easily and choose uh, fully. And do you then do you envision that in the near future it becomes your new file system, but the way you talk to the file system is through ChatGPT? One of the goals is you know you dump everything into Quiver. So yes, I like it to to be my file system, and I think that the information storing will be will will change with uh, you know uh, generative AI and LLMs because now we have a way we don't need to structure the information, we don't need to save it very in a structured way. So like you know we have uh, SQL, we can just not dump, and so this is what I'm doing. I'm dumping all the information into SQL. I'm just you know chunking it in technical terms so it fits into a row. But I, I don't have folders. I don't have, you know, files. It's just a bit of information that I'm dumping into a, a database. And uh, yeah, I don't have a file system anymore. It's my all of my knowledge is in one place, in one format, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things we we talk about quite a lot at Single Store as well the future of databases as well, where, you know, it becomes invisible and you're talking to it in natural language. It doesn't matter what format is in. But today, Quiver allows you to store data. And when you ingest it, it converts all into vectors. Is that correct? Yeah. So we, we take a document and any kind of document and we, we split it into 
what we call chunk, and you can look it online. It's a, a very common way of doing it. And then we vectorize. So we create a, a dimensional vector representing the meaning of uh, the document or parts of the document. And then we store it into a vector store. So it's a database that can store vectors. And uh, the the well-known term for how you do this is in context learning or retrieval augmented generation, where you get the query, but you first query your vector store and then pass it on to LLM. Is that correct? So I'd, I'd like to tell our viewers that single store is also a vector database and it will be part of Quiver given that it's open source. We are working on adding that. Going back to open source, how, first, how long did it take you to build this application, Stan? Uh, three hours. So the first, uh, so on May 12th, 2023, uh, on, no, it was May 11th. My girlfriend wasn't there one evening, and so I just coded a, a thing, and I made a tweet the following day to my 30 followers, and it went viral. And the, the app was just 200 lines of codes. And uh, yeah, now it's a lot more. Did you use ChatGPT? help in building some of it? All of it, almost. I mean, I'm not a good dev. Yeah, same here. I use ChatGPT to write a lot of code as well. So I guess we need to thank your girlfriend for giving this as a gift to the world. Um, yeah. My second question is, you open source this project. Do you hate capitalism? No, I don't. I mean, it's... Uh... What puts butter on my plate at the end of the day? Um, but uh, open sourcing is a way to get contribution from people and making a better product. Um, Microsoft, for example, is the biggest contributor in open source, and yet <laughs> it's one of the biggest companies in the world. So I don't think it's, you know, uh, you can be both. Yes, Microsoft is a, is a shining example of a late stage capitalism. So keeping on the open source theme here, do you continue to use it or create an open source version of it? Or do you think that at some point there would be a commercial version? And if so, what is the roadmap and vision for your product or this project? I think that keeping it open source is very important when you are storing information from, you know, when you are the second brain of people. Um, keeping your product open source allows people to look into it or at least know that they can look into it. And that gives confidence to people, especially when you store the information. They want to know how, they want to know what to do with it, they want to know if you use it. OpenAI, when they, when they closed source GPT-4, created like a distrust in the generative AI world where people don't know what to do with the information. So the goal is to keep it open source as much as I want and I can. But, you know, there will be some probably closed source, secret source, what I like to call, part of the code and things that what Quiver is really good at. I don't know yet what it is, but there will be like you know, maybe a plugin or maybe something that will be closed source because I don't want anybody and everybody to be able to create a product using Quiver, but I want everybody to be able to use 99.9% .9 of Quiver. 
the roadmap is the vision for Quiver is to allow people to so forget. And there will be, let me tell you that, there will be autonomous agents into Quiver. So you'll be able to say, add, you know, autonomous agent. Uh, can you do a summary of my life? It's going to make a plan and it's going to generate a PDF, a book or anything else, uh, anything that you asked it to do. At Autonomous Agent, remind me to do that tomorrow. I really want it to be your second brain and allow you to forget things. So it's not only data, it's also things to do. So you can be more creative when you are using your first brain. Uh, the second thing is when you are being creative, when you are creating value, is allow people to call external what I call API. So let's say you are planning on making a trip to, I don't know, San Francisco, and you want to, to know the weather in San Francisco, you can say, at weather, what is the, the weather in San Francisco Saturday? And it's going to answer. And then you ask your autonomous agent, okay, can you book uh, a hotel at uh, San Francisco this weekend for uh, me and my girlfriend? I also need uh, you know, tickets for the flights, I don't know. And it's going to take care of that. And then you could ask your brain, hey, what did I do last year in San Francisco that was so good? I can't recall the place. And it's going to answer. And then you see where I'm going. But you know, really use it to help you create things, create value. And uh, yeah. So you said a number of things there that my imagination just went wild and it broke my head. When you say summarize my life, you mean the data that I have put in there for encapsulating my life. But would it also at some point, and I'm talking about four or five years from now, be able to ingest your stream of events happening in your life and putting it in your second brain? And if that's the case, then can it help people with things like dementia, where if I don't remember anything, and if it's not a typing interface, am I able to talk to it and get memory? Well, the goal is at one point to have a real-time conversation with your brain. Uh, so like the first question you ask, you know, sch sch schizophrenia, yes, that would be the case. Uh, if you are able to talk live with, you know, a rep representation of your brain. But uh, yeah, when you talk about stream, uh, ingesting a stream of information, uh, the goal of Quiver is not to record your entire life. The goal of Quiver, and I think the goal of all information stores, like uh, database, is not to store all the information, it's to store the most valuable information. So before ingesting the data, it needs to be processed, cleaned, uh, maybe adding a bit of context. Like if we are recording the sound that you hear, maybe add the name of the people that are talking. And so then you can ask questions like, oh, who was I talking to last week? And Quiver will be able to, to answer that question. This is one of the things that I've been thinking about quite a lot in, in all seriousness. If you think about who we are and our identities, it's based on our memories. What, what I learned as a child or even a couple of hours ago, whatever might have happened, is shaping the experience of my reality now. When this becomes synthetically 
curated and stored and people start relying on it, do you feel that there might be a danger to influencing actions or even controlling entire human actions if they're using something like this in a tightly integrated way with their brain? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very tough question to answer. And I think that there needs to be some control on how, like, and, and for every system, when somebody, when you rely on a system, it can, and you trust it completely, it can do things that you don't want it to do. So there needs to be an ethical, you know, part of it where maybe keep the the recommendation system open source so people people can uh, re, uh can look into it see if we are not you know pushing more uh, a kind of information uh, a specific way or a specific view um and this is going to be interesting too in the future is when you're doing prompt engineering you know you're creating a prompt and that, that defines how the uh, LLM, large language model, should answer. The way that you, you specify the prompt and the way you engineer it might push the generative AI to answer questions in in a specific way. And that's not maybe something that you want to support. And so this is going to be something interesting to look at. Uh, let's say that the model has been trained on on data that is not what you believe, it's not the same as you believe, uh, how can you make sure that it's not going to push a little bit more information that you, or thoughts that you don't like? So keeping the recommendation system or at least the answering system open source will allow people to make suggestions and improve it. So right now, Quiver uses OpenAI or ChatGPT and Llama 2, which was released recently, is open source and is supposedly pretty good as well, at least the 70 billion parameter version of it. Do you have plans to integrate additional and multiple LLMs inside of Quiver? Yeah, so uh, I created a a project, a new project, which is called Genos. So Generative uh, Open Source Software, Uh, this is the acronym. Uh, The goal of Genos is to have one API that is compatible with many uh, LLMs. And so I don't, so this was a feature of Quaver that I took out of Quaver and I'm releasing, you know, open source. But yeah, the goal is to allow people to run any uh, model that they want locally, also on Hugging Face, on AWS, GCP, Azure, anywhere they want and anywhere that they want with Quaver. So you have a second open source project. How long did it take you to build that? 15 minutes? Now, this one was a bit, I learned from my mistakes. This one took two weeks to build. The reason why is I don't have a lot of time to uh, maintain it. So I wanted to make sure that the the code was right the first time. So I implemented with the help of some colleagues a system that allowed me to review very quickly the pull requests that people will be doing. So like if you want to add a new uh, model, it's going to be very simple and uh, we can just evolve from that. So two weeks, not 15 minutes. So I learned about Quiver from Harrison, Harrison Chase, who is the creator of LangChain. And you mentioned something about agents. Tell us a little bit more in terms of 
how you use LangChain. And I know LangChain recently also released LangSmith, which I am trying as well. Tell us a little bit more about why use LangChain and what are the other things you considered before coming up this with this architecture for Quiver? Um, so I'm, I'm using LangChain. So LangChain is um, a framework. Like you could say it's a generative AI framework that allows you to um, interact with uh, multiple LLMs uh, with a single um, with a simple way to do it. So it abstracts the complexity. And it allows you to build complex applications like document retrieval or agents, autonomous agents. So, you know, uh, code that execute and creates a plan and execute it and then gives you an output. The reason why I use uh, long, long chain is because there aren't many uh, open source framework for, for that that allows you to abstract the complexity. It's the biggest one currently. Uh, so the competitor is uh, Lama Index. Uh, they are doing the same thing, but in different ways. Why I've been using Longchain is because it was the first one I tried, and I've been specializing into using it. So I'm using Longchain into Quiver for the, retri- uh, the document retrieval part. And so I'm using uh, chains, what they call, that allows you to execute a series of instructions and um, get the information from your database, ask questions to it, and so and so on. And one of the cool things with Longchain is uh, recently they released a product that is called Langsmith, and it's like the analytics of uh, LLMs. So every time my application does a query to an LLM, either OpenAI, Anthropic, Vertex AI from Google, it saves it. So there is no personal information. I don't know who asked the question, but I can look at is if my uh, app is behaving like I want it to behave. So I have the user input and I have the user output and I can run uh, automated uh, code that uh, evaluates if the answer given to the question is correct if it's short, if it's concise, if it's not, you know, racist, uh, or if it's, you know, if it's good. And so I can do that automatically. And that's very interesting. It gives me a lot of insights. And I talked about prompt engineering just before. When we make modification to the web at Quiver Answers, we can see it directly into Langsmith, the effect that it has on the questions. Uh, and this is very interesting. You mentioned Llama Index, and Llama Index, my understanding is it's it's almost like a semantic layer to multiple different data sources. And we have a bunch of vector stores that are connected to it. Single store is one of them. Do you, do you feel Quiver in certain ways is kind of like Llama Index, or are these two different uh, applications or SDKs altogether. Yeah, uh, Quiver is a product. Uh, Lama Index allows you to build product. Uh, so it's the same thing. It's the same functionalities, but in different uh, views than uh, long chain. So uh, you can either use uh, long chain or uh, Lama Index to create your app. And you can also use them together to create products that use the best of both worlds. 
But yeah, if you want to create a product, use either Longchain or Lama Index for the abstraction of complexity with the interaction to vector stores create for creating uh, agents or for you know document uh, for chatting with OpenAI and Therapic, so they create an abstraction layer. And for example, there's a uh, if I recall correctly, in Lama Index you can even use Longchain LLMs models, so you can use you know you can mix the the two of them. That is correct. Yes, you're right. In in terms of uh, data and databases and file systems and data stores, since you are building the application or you've built the first version of application that basically takes data in multiple formats and then, you know, responds by contextualizing that data and sending it over to to LLM. What what is your worldview on the future of data stores? In, In terms of databases, of course, there's there's the SQL databases, there's the JSON databases, and then there are vector databases. Where do you think, as a developer, the world is headed when it comes to having the underlying infrastructure layer of your data store? I thought a bit about it. Um, so today, I, I need just need databases, so like vector stores, and there are many single store which use uh, PG Vector and, uh, and many more. Um, what I just want them is for me to be able to dump information and update it very easily. And so currently what I'm looking into, in, into a Vector store and what I think that people would be looking into is a very easy way to dump information and that is very uh, dev-friendly. And then when I want to update, for example, a document I've uploaded into the vector store, I don't want to put complex system in in place to do that. So I think that the vector stores that will be uh, that will add the customer, I don't know, uh, uh, that will add business logic on top of the product will be the one that will succeed because it will abstract some complexity. Yeah, that's it. That is very cool. We'll have you talk to our product manager and then quickly patent whatever you just said. Moving on to the next uh, set of questions. In terms of uh, AI, generative AI application development, in terms of uh, your experience as a developer and also working for Theodore, what kind of use cases or what kind of applications are you seeing other people and other company build? And how is it different from, you know, building application directly for consumers to a B2B application? The first thing that is very interesting with generative AI is that everything can go wrong when you create an app because you allow people to put everything they want as input and you don't know exactly what is going to be the output. So the first thing is you have to make sure that the input is correct so you have a correct output. Uh, the second part is anybody can innovate with generative AI. So even in you know the uh, a biz- business guy, even a dev that has been doing the same thing for 20 years can innovate. Everybody can create use cases. One of the coolest use cases I've encountered yet, I mean personally, is um, a way, and I'm, 
I'm not going to cite the company, but it's a way to write uh, people's biography. So it asks a set of questions for like two or three hours to the user, and then it writes a full, like 200 pages book on the user's life. And uh, you can then, you know, you have your own biography that you can read and pass down to your children saying, explain, explaining your life. I think this is a, like a very good way to use generative AI. It's to create things that usually takes a lot of time and that is very personalized. Wow. Again, bunch of imaginative things came up when you gave me that example. So if AI can write my autobiography, can it also publish the book and can it also amplify it? And can it also tell me every morning how great I am and how good looking I am? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it could. Um, but I mean, it's you, you can just look into the mirror and say the same thing. It's usually what I do. But yeah, it can do all of these things, and that is called autonomous agents. So we could say, okay, write the book, then contact different publishers and see which one wants to publish the book. Uh, the publishers could have autonomous agents that will review your life and see if it's you know interesting. And then if it's interesting, they'll say yes. So your autonomous agents say, oh, yeah, now we can sell it, market it, and, you know, uh, this is going to take some time, but I think we'll get there someday. So this specific application, which shall not be named, do you think it will turn ghostwriters into real ghosts? Yeah. That's what I thought. Let's move into the last set of questions. And these are what we call as quick hits. So feel free to answer just top of your mind, whatever comes first and less than two seconds. What app do you use the most every day, Stan? And the right answer is single store. ChatGPT. Okay. You gave a wrong answer. What are you doing when you're not developing or fixing Quiver? Sleeping. How do you explain your job to someone who is not in the app development space or even in technology space? For example, your parents. I'm working on the current bubble. What is your favorite way to relax? Coding. How do you take a break from coding? Let me guess. Coding? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all. So thank you so much, Stan, for being amazing guest. And I learned quite a lot in terms of what you're doing right now and what you're looking to do in the future. And of course, we have been chatting. We'd love to work more closely as well. And thank you for doing what you're doing for the open source community, because as a, as a developer or as a wannabe developer or a chat GPT developer, I do use tools like Quiver and Langchain. And I think it's the right thing to do for the overall society in general. So thank you again. <laughs>